Happy Tuesday, Razorback fans. You are four days away from Arkansas versus Texas A&M at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Jerry's world. That's where the teams are going to be playing. This should end up being a pretty good game. I thought after the A&M uh, Appalachian State game that maybe A&M goes and loses to Miami, and then you're looking at Arkansas playing a one and two Texas A&M team, and you know that the game's always going to be, you know, competitive. But it wouldn't have, you know, been as fun if it was an unranked Texas A&M team who already has two losses. But luckily, they beat Miami. They're still ranked. It's a ranked matchup. SEC Nation's going to be there. You know the crowds are going to show up. They love traveling down there, getting into that stadium. Everybody wants to see it. Um, it should be fun, Robert. I got Robert Stewart with me. It's the Gridiron Hogs podcast, daily podcast covering the Arkansas football team, part of the Hog Beat Podcast Network, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. Go visit it. All that great coverage on Arkansas athletics. If you just go to the homepage right now, you got stories like uh, an offer story from our guy Alex Trader, who's on the pod Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. Uh, he talks about a new offensive tackle who sees Arkansas offer as a next-level achievement. Uh, we got a bunch of press conferences, practice video, what Jimbo Fisher had to say about Arkansas, Arkansas's depth chart, uh, let's see, game time for Alabama, all that stuff. Dan Skipper made his first NFL start. A lot of good stuff over at hogbeat.com. Okay, Robert, um, I'm sorry. I, I always start the podcast by talking so much. Maybe I should let you talk a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to want to circle back to to what you said about App State and how that game may have caused this this one this week to to I don't know, not mean a little less, but it it, it puts a damper on things uh, a little bit. But um, I I think that's sort of gone now that that Arkansas played you know a close battle with Missouri State. Um, maybe maybe the Bears brought brought the Hogs uh, back back to earth a little bit. So. Uh, even though Arkansas escaped with the victory, um, you, you know you think that both both teams going going into this week have have had their battles with some early season adversity. Um, as as far as you know, teams that they probably should have beaten handily go, um, and then of course on the injury front for Arkansas, we need to get into into that a little bit, um, particularly with Miles Slusher. Do we think he's going to get back in into the mix this week? Yeah, that's that's what we'll be talking about. That's our our main thumbnail thing that we're talking about today. Miles Slusher was back at practice on Monday. We'll get into that. What we think about the Arkansas secondary. I posted a stat yesterday that a lot of people were not happy about, and all I have to say is I don't make the stats. You know, I just report them. So, and I'm also not the one on the field causing the stats. So. Um, Let's hit news, though. Some news. So yesterday they announced the kickoff time and TV channel for Arkansas versus Alabama, which is next weekend, October 1st. It's going to be the 2.30 p.m. Central Time game on CBS. Now, we talked about this before we started recording, Robert. We didn't realize how many people would be upset about that. And the reason that we think that it's it's okay is, I guess, because for years now that has been – the game of the week for the SEC. If you get that CBS game, you know you're big time. And now, I mean, I, I understand it. People want it to be a night game because more more fans can get there. It's a little bit of a better atmosphere. You don't have the sun beating down on you, 
all those factors play into it. They think back to the you think back to the Texas game last year. That was a night game. You know, incredible atmosphere. But bottom line, Arkansas versus Alabama. If Arkansas takes care of business this week, you're looking at a top ten matchup in Fayetteville, Arkansas, Alabama. If the fans don't show up for that at two thirty, then I mean, when are they going to show up for a game? You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is the SEC's premier game. I mean, I remember just last year, um, you look at the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. Everybody was thrilled when that one was announced as the 2.30 game on CBS. Uh, even Arkansas-Alabama, again, it was 2.30 last year. People were people were over the moon about it. I know that, was, that one was in Tuscaloosa. Probably not as many fans went to that one. But like you said, I mean, if, if you – you can't get up and go to Arkansas, Alabama. I don't care what time of day it is. It could be 11 a.m. Um, then that uh, – I mean, it's Saturday. Come on, it's the weekend. Show up. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's. I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. Now, if it was an 11 a.m. kickoff, that's when I get it. Um, that's when I'm like, okay, you, you can say something about that. But, I mean, it's 2.30. You don't have to get up at 11. Like, I, I feel for the Georgia fans last year when it was college game day and it was it was an 11 a.m. kickoff, uh, Arkansas, Georgia. Now, we know that they showed up and, you know, that crowd was incredible. You were there, Robert. Um, but I think that 2.30 is fine. Um, I think that having the CBS game, I don't – I as long as the SEC is still having the deal with CBS, which I believe we – figured out yesterday that it's out in 2024 um as long as that deal's still going this is still your game of the week is the 2 30 p.m cbs slot central time of course and that's what arkansas is getting against alabama and they might have another one of those throughout the season so um i, I mean fans showed up for the uh the cincinnati game they'll show up for this one and if arkansas beats texas a&m it's gonna the atmosphere might might be better than Texas last year. I, I, I think that that's a, a real possibility. There's a real possibility that if Arkansas beats Texas A&M, college game day will be in Fayetteville next week. So a lot of things going into that. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for that atmosphere. I'm excited to see it. And so uh, we'll, we'll see if they can beat A&M because it'll be a lot. It'll still be a great atmosphere if they don't, but if they do, it's going to be incredible. Um so let's uh, let's hit what happened at practice on Monday, Robert. So big thing, we had Miles Slusher back at practice. He wasn't a green jersey. Um, of course, that's that's always just a precautionary thing. They were practicing in the indoor facility. Makes sense. They're playing inside of AT and T Stadium, which is an indoor stadium. Uh, Isaiah Satania was not seen at practice. He was also not dressed out for Saturday's game. Um, it's to note but he probably wouldn't have played against Texas A&M, but that's just one thing that we noticed. Uh, there were some big AC units blowing into the facility. They also were playing crowd noise over the speakers, two things that Sam Pittman told us after the press conference yesterday. He said, bring your jackets and bring your earplugs. And so we didn't really need the jackets, but as we were leaving, we needed the earplugs. It was really loud. I, I do not envy those players having to sit there and listen to how loud that crowd noise was. Um, uh, two other things that I noticed former Razorback Davion Warren, he's part of the quality control slash analyst staff. Uh, he used to be a receiver for the Hogs. I mean, most people who listen to this podcast should remember him. 
He was helping Quincy McAdoo, freshman wide receiver, in individual drills. I knew that Warren was on the the quality control staff. I didn't know or I hadn't seen him at practice to this point. So it was cool to see him coaching up some of the younger receivers, a guy with a lot of experience, especially at Arkansas. And then also there was a Kansas City Chiefs scout in attendance. So um, just for my own personal benefit, I hope that he was watching guys like Drew Sanders, guys like Rocket Sanders, um, Jaden Hazelwood, Trey Knox, like, you know, Ricky Stromberg. Like, I hope that he saw those guys. You know, if, if people don't know, I'm a Chiefs fan. So it would be nice for the Chiefs to finally get a Razorback on the team. I think the last Razorback they had maybe, wasn't Niall Davis, was it? I was about to say, I think it might have been Niles da- Niall Davis. Mm, I can't remember if Niall left before because Peyton Hill has had like a one year stint with them. It's been a I while. I wouldn't count that. I I'm I feel like I'm missing somebody though. Anyways, let's not waste time on that. Let's talk about Miles Slusher. Um, basically, Sam Pittman. I want to pull up his actual quote on that, um, because I want to make sure that I say what he said. Where was it? Where was it? You're talking about the five best players? No, it's not the five best players. Where he was just asked about Slusher's health in general. Oh, here we go. Um, you get a better player on and you get a worse player off. He can play nickel. He can play field safety. He can play corner. He can play boundary safety. Uh, he thinks it's big to get him back. But I feel like he wasn't committing to the fact that Slusher is for sure going to play this Saturday once again. Did you kind of get that vibe? Uh, I did, and I don't know. I struggle with, with how concerned to be about it, right, because – I mean, as as soon as the what South Carolina game was over, I can't remember if it was the Saturday post game or the Monday preview uh, of that week. But I mean, it sounded like Slusher was going to play last week, and then he didn't practice at all. So he's just now back, and um, it it's just just a very different tune than than was being sung this time last week, you know. So, um. You know, you'd like to you'd like to see him progress a little bit in practice. We'll we'll be there again this afternoon, and it will be interesting to see if he is out of green. But um, it, I don't know. I mean, Jimbo Fisher touched on this and said that Arkansas secondary can make plays all over the field, which I I don't know if he watched any of the the highlights of the Missouri State game, but they they were not making plays all over the field and. Um, so maybe he's talking about a secondary with Miles Slusher in it. I don't know. I mean, we've, we've seen glimpses at times, and I, I think back to, uh, of course, the two Dwight McGuathern interceptions, the the fumble against South Carolina. I think Brini's the one who caused it. Clark recovered it. Um, you know, there, there was a play against Missouri State where Hudson Clark could have had an interception. So, you know, here and there, there's some plays. I found the quote I was looking for, though. He said uh, they're going to experiment this week. They want to get their five best players on the field, make sure they have the right people in the right spots. Um, Of course, injuries play a factor into what they can do. But he said, I think Slusher, he's going to practice today, which he did. And he said he'll be back, and that should help us as well. And then he also said he thinks Malik Chavis – I keep saying Chavis is Chavis – is a guy we need on the field. And when he's not playing quarter, we need him at safety. 
and he said, and I'm not sure if we don't need him at safety and just put Hutt at corner. So there's a lot of a lot of experimenting that they're going to do this week. I think kind of what we got from that is they want to put their five best DBs on the field at the same time, regardless of where they're playing. Because as we've talked about and as the as Pittman has talked about, as the team has talked about, they've kind of cross-trained these guys where they can they can all play really anywhere in the secondary. And so um, I'm curious, Robert, let's talk about who are the five best DBs for Arkansas? Because, you know, you don't have Jalen Cattle on. Let's go ahead and put out Ladarius Bishop as well because we don't know how long he's going to be hurt. Who do you think are the five best defensive backs for Arkansas? So going down the list here, Slusher's up there. This is no particular order, by the way. You got Miles Slusher. We'll throw Dwight McLaughlin in there. And we haven't brought this up yet, but I believe Sam Pittman said that he's dealing with a hamstring injury right now. Uh, he was practicing yesterday. So, I I mean, it doesn't seem like a big issue, but maybe something of note. Um, Latavius Brini's up there, so that's what Slusher, McLaughlin, Brini. Um, I think you got to throw Hudson Clark in there and probably Malik Chavez. One, two, three, four, five. Go, go back down through that again. You were kind of, eh. Okay. Uh, Miles Slusher, Dwight McLaughlin, Latavius Brini, Hudson Clark, Malik Chavez. That's your so top. That, that leaves off Simeon Blair, who, by the way, I don't see not playing. Um, and Kari Johnson, I, I think we talked about as being in the mix there. Yeah, Kari Johnson should be in the mix as well. I mean, that, it, it once you get past, I think the top, I think the top three are Slusher, Breeny, McLaughlin. I think that's your top three. Um, once you get past that, it's kind of iffy, um, which is kind of weird because going into the season, it was it really felt like Jalen Catalan and then Hudson Clark and McLaughlin uh, from what we were hearing in fall camp. And now it's like, what is Hudson Clark in the top five? Because last weekend against Missouri State, Malik Chavis started at the second corner spot alongside Dwight McLaughlin, and then they were rotating him and Clark out at the same time. And I asked Sam Pittman about that. I want to find his quote. Um, he said what they can do is, do they feel good enough about moving Chavis to safety? Because with Slusher coming back, they have opportunities with some movement. Um, he, think that's gonna, he thinks that's going to happen a little bit this week. Um, Chavis can be on the field at safety or Hudson Clark on the field at safety. So it would be kind of weird to see Hudson Clark at safety. But I think another media member said he played a little bit of nickel this past week, but I think your top five is this. I think it's Slusher, McLaughlin, Breeny. Sam Pittman seems to feel like Chavis is in that top five. And and that that fifth guy is really tough for me. Cause I look at I look at it this way. First of all, I think Blair's gonna be on the field. He's your captain. He they love Simeon Blair. I think Blair's gonna be on the field. So we'll make Blair like four we got four A and four B of Chavis and Blair. Um, only because he has to be on the field. And then it's it's got to be between Clark and Kari Johnson. And the way I look at it was Kari Johnson was the first player off the bench on Saturday. Um, so I guess it's Kari Johnson. I, I can't believe that we're at that point where now it's Kari Johnson over Hudson Clark. And, of course, they're going to rotate them. But Sam Pittman said he wants the five best guys on the field at a time. And now we're talking about it. I just listed six, which is weird. But – the thing is, 
is Blair's not going to come off the field. So I feel like we have to throw him. We have to have him in our list, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> you probably remember the quote from fall camp that you'd like to have a team full of Simeon Blairs. I don't know if he was talking about um, as, as far as athletic ability goes, but uh, he's got the heart. We know that uh, he, he was a leading vote getter in the the captain elections for the hogs and so it would make sense that he he takes over for Jalen Catalan uh both in that role and on the field when when he goes down but um I don't know I the he he was he was responsible for several of the missed tackles the other night against Missouri State so yeah I'm looking at the pro football focused defensive grades from Missouri State I'm a little bit confused because they changed the numbers. Um, but based on pro football focus grades against Missouri State, Hudson Clark led the Arkansas defense um, with a 73.8 defensive grade. He had a 74.2 coverage grade, which was number one on the defense as well. And then you had Cam Ball, Zach Williams, Terry Hampton, Drew Sanders, and then Dwight McGlothern. 68.9 overall grade, 68.7 coverage. And then the next was Kari Johnson. So I'm I'm kind of trying to give an idea of based on, you know, play against Missouri State, who would the top five guys be, which is not a great way to scale it. But Hudson Clark, Dwight McGuthern, Kari Johnson, Latavius Brini, um, and then Malik Chavez. Is that four or five? I think that's five. One two, three, four, five. Yeah, so Clark, McLaughlin, Breeny, Chavis, and Kari Johnson. And the, the, the two lowest scorers on the team were Jaden Johnson with a 54.1 overall score, a 24.8 overall grade, and then uh, up for tackling. And then Simeon Blair had a 45 overall defensive grade. Sheesh, that's pretty tough. That's that's pretty tough. So, I I guess that I mean that's a good top five right there: Clark, McLaughlin, Breeny, Johnson, and Chavis. I feel like you know it, it, that wouldn't be horrible. But the thing is, is like they're probably gonna have Blair on the field though. Uh, that that's true. They probably are gonna have Blair on the field, and you'd feel a whole lot better if you could stick Slusher in the rotation too. Right, we're 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 completely forgetting Slusher. Yeah, okay. It, I I do not envy this coaching staff. They got a lot of decisions to make. The good thing is, is they're facing a Texas A and M team that's not really good at throwing the ball. Um, but you want to figure it out this week. That way, next week when you play Alabama and Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, you have it figured out a little bit. I am fully expecting Bryce Young to throw for five hundred yards. By the way. I don't know about 500 because they still got to run the ball a little bit, but I I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but um, I, I'm I don't I don't envy the Razorback coaching staff um lead, leading up to that that game because the, they've they've got a lot of questions to answer now. Uh, it's it's the Crimson Tide will will expose whatever questions have not been answered yet. Yep, I agree. All right, Robert. We will uh 
we'll close it off here. We'll tell you about our friends at My Perfect Franchise, and then we'll let everybody get on their way. So are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ledecky can help. He's a longtime Rivals member and franchise veteran. He's owned multiple franchises and businesses, and he uses that expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy to put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free, so what do you have to lose? Uh, you can give him a call at 404-973-9901 or visit myperfectfranchise.net to start your new financial life by purchasing a franchise. It's a long, thorough process. They'll help you figure out the right thing for you, and uh, it's it's great. It's great stuff, and he's a great guy. I've talked to him myself, and he just wants to help other people um get to the place where he's at and he's in a very good place so give him a call 404-973-9901 or visit myperfectfranchise.net all right robert stewart thank you i've been mason choate i still am mason choate and we'll talk to everybody on the great iron hogs podcast tomorrow